Radio Mano Papachango. Hey Chris, this is Alfio from Toronto on a cold and wet day and it only gets worse from here as summer is officially out. Um, I'm here on my laptop editing, doing some work and um, I'm about to take a break to listen to your podcast and thank you for your podcast because it gets me through a lot of tough times. Peace. Hey Chris and all the tangent dentalists out there. My name is Blake. I'm an undergraduate here in Flagstaff, Arizona. I've got a sad message to relay, but I think it's important. Two nights ago, a close friend of mine, Jason, died violently. He was hit by a train. It wasn't suicide or anything like that. From what I've gathered, it was just a meaningless, drunken accident. Jason was a great guy, funny, thoughtful, and always there for his friends. I'm only 21. I haven't experienced many deaths, but this is by far the most meaningless and violent one. I'm still processing the death, but I think a lot of the listeners out there can relate to the lesson I've learned. Life is so fragile, so precious, and not to be taken for granted. I really believe that we have this one life, and then we are dead for all eternity. Make the most of it while you're here. Tell your friends and family that you love them, and be quick to forgive and let go of society's banality. Jason, you'll live on in my heart. I wish safe travels to you, Chris, and everyone listening as we journey through this human life. Goodbye. Hi, fellow tangentialists. This is Neil from Victoria, Canada. Love the podcast, Chris. Your take on life really resonates with me. I uh, I live on a boat so that I can afford to be a full-time musician and run a recording studio downtown. Today, I'm here with uh, my friends in the band Foxglove, cutting some vocals, and I asked them to sing a line from one of their songs because it made me think of all the listeners flung out at far ends of the world but connected by the thoughts and stories on the podcast. In the evening, when I'm far from home, and you're Thanks, Chris, and thanks to everybody out there being their most awesome self and inspiring all of us. Bye-bye now. Goodbye. Bye. You people are fucking amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for those messages, Alfio, Blake, Neil, and the lovely ladies of Foxglove. I've been thinking about you recently, actually, you know, I know I know that it sounds like I'm blowing smoke up your ass or I'm pandering to you when I talk about how cool people who listen to this podcast are, or maybe it sounds like I'm complimenting myself in some kind of weird reflective way, like I'm so cool that I attract people like you who are cool and therefore it's really me who's cool. And I, I mean, I don't know what the fuck it sounds like, but... I have been thinking about you because I've been thinking about doing another podcast in addition to this one. Once Civilized to Death is totally in the bag and I can move on and not think about that for a while. And the other podcast would be uh, much more focused on one topic. It's kind of like, um, you know, how Daniele Bolelli does his chatting with various people podcast and then he does a history on fire podcast um and a few other people do that kind of thing where they they have their generalist podcast and then they have their very specific podcast and uh, the thing about the specific podcast is or the very focused podcast is that it's actually easier to build up a very large audience which sounds kind of counterintuitive because 
you would think like, well, more people go to the general store than will go to, you know, the hardware store because you can get hardware at the general store, but you can also get Pop-Tarts. Um, but in the podcast world, the more specific your focus is, the easier it is to build up a large audience. And that's because in general, people who are into hearing about, uh, you know, hearing conversations with famous authors talking about their writing process, they're not really that interested in hearing conversations with porn stars talking about what it's like to fuck in front of 15 people holding microphone booms and, you know, lights and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and if you find someone who's interested in both of those things, then it's even fewer people who are interested in those two things and a conversation with a guy who lives in the desert who's been bit by rattlesnakes 15 times and uh, the guy who broke out of prison and was robbing banks for the fun of it and the guy who was smuggling weed in military transport airplanes and so on and so on and so on. And so what you get left with, there's like this this narrowing process. The broader the podcast is, the fewer people are open to whatever the fuck comes the next week. And after 300 and whatever number of episodes we've done now, that's that's who we're left with. <laughs> that's who you are. Uh Whoever you're, whoever you are out there listening to this, you're someone who has an incredibly broad range of interests and who is so open-minded that you come back to this podcast week after week having no fucking clue who the guest is going to be. So I do know something about you. It's not just blowing smoke up your ass. It's not pandering to you. It's not, you know, I like you because you like me. It's I like you because you are really fucking open-minded. You are uh, fearless intellectually. And a lot of people, even intellectuals, are anything but fearless. They believe what they believe. They've learned what they've learned. They don't want to hear anything new. They don't want to hear anything that challenges their worldview. They don't want to even consider the idea that maybe the intellect isn't the most important way of understanding the world. They don't want challenges. They don't want surprises. They don't want to feel squeamish. They don't want to feel uncomfortable. But if you're listening to this podcast and you have been for quite a while, you've heard me talking about shitting and fucking and dying and mucus and whatever the fuck else <laughs> comes into my sick head or into these conversations with these sick motherfuckers that I have here on the podcast. And you have persisted and no doubt something in there has made you uncomfortable and on some level you said, fuck it, I don't care. I can be uncomfortable. I want to hear what the next one is. So you're my kind of person and I'm not pulling that out of thin air. I have reason to believe that. In addition to the fact that every one of you, and you've heard me say this before, every one of you that I've met without exception has been a fucking cool person that I was happy to know. So thank you. I'm sorry if that sounds like pandering. Um, you know, you're already listening to the fucking podcast, so I have nothing to gain by you know blowing smoke up your ass. Uh, but I get so many beautiful emails, messages on Instagram, whatever, from people saying kind things to me that uh, I just want to return some of that kindness and... Um, and it occurred to me when I was thinking like, you know, oh, I can have this other podcast and just, you know, people will come because they're interested in that subject matter and they know every week they're going to get it. And then that that made me think about you and the people who listen to this podcast. And it's a very it's a very selected kind of group. So thank you for being part of this tribe. Uh, OK, little little news. This episode is with Wim Hof who 
has been on the podcast, I think, twice, maybe, maybe three times, but at least twice. Uh, Cassie calls him Wim Hoffman. I don't think she knows she does that. I never correct her because it's so fucking cute. Wim Hoffman. Uh, Wim Hof, Iceman, the Iceman, the man who climbed up almost to the top of Mount Everest in shorts and I think no shoes. He's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro barefoot. He's swum under fucking icebergs, holds I don't know how many, 20-some Guinness World Records for cold exposure. Uh, if you're not familiar with him and this is the first time you're hearing about him, you might say, oh, okay, he's some sort of endurance freak, um, uh, human anomaly, circus show. No, he's not. He's a very serious guy. And as interest, it's so interesting because his whole trip is, is not about attracting attention. His trip is about deflecting attention from himself. He's about the science he wants to talk about what's going on in the body. He doesn't want people to say, oh, Wim, you're so special. He wants the opposite of that. He wants people to understand that these things that he does, controlling his autonomic functions, controlling his immune response, controlling his temper, his, his circulatory response, his capillaries, keeping blood flow going to his extremities even when he's in extreme cold and the body seems to be designed to pull back from extremities in extreme cold, which is why people get frostbite. Uh, he wants the world to understand that everyone can do this, that this is an innate capacity that we all have, that we're all born with this and we lose it because we're trained and we're softened and we're spoiled and we're ruined by comfort. And so if we don't have our down jackets on when it gets down to the, you know, 45 degrees Fahrenheit, we freeze to death. Oh, it's so cold. We have the capacity to, to warm our bodies. We have the capacity to just turn up the heat a little bit. And he demonstrates that and he shows that other people can do it by training people, sometimes in as few as a couple, uh, a short a period, as just a couple of days, training other people to do these amazing things. So that's Wim Hof. He's about, he wants the world to understand that what he's doing can be done by anyone. And this has implications for cancer treatments, for heart disease, for mental health. It has for giving birth, for how we die, for every, for our sexuality, for every aspect of our lives. He's a profound, profoundly important, profoundly interesting, and he's a fucking beautiful guy. Gotta say it. I'm so, so happy to know Wim and to consider that he considers me a friend and certainly vice versa. Um, before we get into that conversation, it's not a long conversation. I, I have to warn you because he was in town doing some workshops and some some things, and he reached out, and his his son Enum reached out, like, "Hey, my dad's in town, and love to see if you get a chance." And we're trying to set things up through Isa, Wim's daughter, uh, and um, it turned out the only time we could both meet was between a podcast he recorded with a rich role, I think his name is. And, um, and then I had to take him to the airport and, and I thought, Oh, come on, Wim will want to rest and you know, I'll just take him home and he can lie in the hammock and chill out. Well, Wim doesn't really chill out. He chills, but he doesn't chill out. He was like, no, let's do a podcast. We only had about 40 minutes, I think. Um, but we recorded this conversation and we covered some interesting territory. Um, I asked Wim about, uh, shrinkage. I asked him uh, how his his dick responded to being in ice water. So that's the highlight or the low light of this particular conversation. Uh, but before we get to that, just a little housekeeping, little news updates for you. Uh, the Motherfucker Awards, as I mentioned, are going forward full speed ahead uh, December 4th in Los Angeles and Inglewood. If you're going to be in town or if you live here or if you're within shooting range and you want to come into town, uh, that's going to be uh, a hell of an evening, let me tell you. Um, 
we've got some comics already confirmed. Uh, I guess I'm not going to like read the names until we got everyone confirmed. Um, but we've got some really funny people confirmed. We've got um, Paul Shepard, I think his name is, who I just got an email from Kyle recently, who's co-producing it, Kyle Tierman. Um, I think Paul Shepard, um, uh, what was it? Um, the, he discovered the Pacific um, Garbage Patch, this floating island the size of... It's not really an island. It's more of a stew of plastic waste in the middle of the Atlantic of the Pacific Ocean. Um, anyway, he's he uh, very interesting guy, very important in the environmental movement. Uh, I, there are various movie stars who may be coming. I probably shouldn't say their names. Um, they're going to be musical performances. I believe there's going to be a burlesque show as part of the evening. Um, so come and help us celebrate those entities who are doing the most to transform our planet from a boring, green, clean, habitable place into something far more interesting and, and chemically complex. So that's the Motherfucker Awards, where we'll be giving the finger to those who have made Mother Earth scream the loudest in 2018. Uh, I also wanted to uh, just quickly mention a fellow named Zach. Hi, Zach, in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Cassie and I were driving through there. I don't. Did I mention this on the last episode? I don't think so. Sometimes I don't. I don't remember if I just intended to do something or I did it. I'm sure you have that problem as well. But anyway, Zach was on a road crew that was clearing the roads and uh he saw the van and was like, "Hey, Chris, what's up?" So, Zach in the Sierras, "Hey, buddy. Hope you're enjoying your civilized to death t-shirt." Uh and I don't know, is there anything else I really need to say? You know the business about if you want to support the podcast, you know how to do it through patreon.com. Uh also people sometimes just um, make a donation through uh, PayPal, there are buttons for all that shit on my website if you want to throw some money in the pot. Always most appreciated. Uh, lots of love to you, whether you do that or not, whether you can afford it or not. If you can't afford it, no guilt trip in here. You just take care of yourself. Take care of your friends. Take care of your family. And if there's something left at the end of the day that you want to throw my way, it's appreciated, but certainly not expected. Uh, I guess that's it. You know, the Amazon link is also on my website. If you use that, a uh, percentage of whatever you spend gets kicked back in my direction. And that helps pay for diesel in the van and keeps the lights on and, you know, gets me a new MacBook. If they ever come out with new versions that don't have fucked up keyboards, I'll probably be getting a new one. Mine's about six years old now. Um, anyway, that's the deal. And, uh, I'm just glad to know you're out there on the other side of this. Like I said, I get so many cool emails and these voice intros. Uh, if you want to send one in, record it on your phone, keep it, you know, 20, 30 seconds max. Send it to intro at tangentiallyspeaking.com. Uh, I've got, I probably have 150 of them in there now, so it might be a while till you hear yours. It might be you'll be saying, oh, it's, you know, freezing cold here in Montreal and it'll come out in you know the middle of July or something. But uh, I try to do them more or less in the order in which they come unless there's something absolutely incredible like, you know, the one with uh, Foxglove that I played earlier. I thought that would be nice to play for the Wim Hoffman episode. Uh, all right. What else can I tell you? That's it. I'm going to play a song that has nothing to do with Wim Hof. I was um, looking in my musical collection here and there's, you know, uh, songs about cold or, the you know, ice and, you know, have different references. But uh, I thought I'll just play this song because I heard it the other day when I was driving in the van and it's really fucking cool and funky. It's I don't even know how to say the name. Uh, it's I think it's French. It's Lily, L-I-L-I. And then it's S apostrophe E-N. And then the next word is F-O-U-T. Have no idea what that means. Lily Senfo, something like that. And the artist is Farouk 
and then uh, Tufik featuring Yasmin Hamdam. And I think I got it off a CD called Putamaya Presents Sahara Lounge. So it's like a funky North African kind of uh, groovy vibe. I hope you enjoy it. It's very international, which I guess is appropriate for Wim. He's a very international guy. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for giving a fuck. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm in Topanga with the great Wim Hof. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Wow. This is also, I love these spontaneous things. I didn't know you were in LA until I think two days ago. Yes. Your daughter sent me, or no, NM sent me a thing saying, hey, Wim's coming and see if you guys can get together. And then, yeah. So then suddenly you're actually, you were 15 minutes away from here. And now I'm going to take you to the airport. Yes. It's an honor to be your driver, sir. Keep on flying. Yes. <laughs> Keep on trucking. Keep, on, Keep trucking. on trucking. So it's been, uh, since you and I uh, did a podcast, I think the last one was maybe the one we did with Stanley Krippner. Do you remember that one? Yes. Uh, yes, in, I do. Near San Francisco. Yes. I think that I danced uh, quite some afterwards and chasing uh, the little Oh, that's right. At, at the, the party, party over that's there. Right. It was really nice. That was great. And uh, yeah, such a great people. Uh, Stanley uh you know, Stanley yeah. Livingstone, uh, yeah. Stanley there at the Nile. It's, we are discoverers. Yeah. And we have to seek for the source of things. That was an I interesting... I think we have forgotten things. Yeah. And I was really happy to get you guys in the same room because you're, a lot of your work is approaching the same mysteries, but from very different perspectives. Absolutely. You know, he's very academic and you're very experiential. Yes. Uh, it, I'm the field work man. Yeah. And yeah. he is the, the the man of the books, of the academic. Right. Of the knowledge and all. Yeah. And that coming together is like, uh, it's like one. Yeah. Because uh, uh, science in the end, real explorative science makes sense. Yeah. And there is no speculation about it. And I want to talk about this today. Yeah. That, um, hey, I know how to go into the eyes and control through my mind, my brain, my uh, physiology and all that. But if I put it to the test in a brain scan, for example, and show that I'm able to activate parts of the brain thought of, not being accessible for humans. Now I show that I'm actively, robustly activating parts of the brain they thought of uh, impossible and I'm doing it and they see it. Then we got evidence. Then we have clarity. And they said, though we have been studying uh, mindfulness so uh, long, we know what kind of parts of the brain are activated. But uh, what you have sh shown right now is activating parts of the brain 
through mindfulness. Even seasoned practitioners are not able to show that. And you do it just in a couple of minutes. So are the results that, that you've been showing in this research, are they similar to the results that um, longtime meditators have? I know they've done brain scans of people who've meditated for 20 years. Because there's similarities. Earlier in of the course. car, you were talking about your skin temperature when you're in ice and you can your skin temperature doesn't necessarily drop the way a normal person would. It reminded me of that Tibetan thing where they put the wet sheets. Tumo. Uh, Tumo. And you see the steam coming up. Yes. Is, so is... Did you sort of stumble into something that people have been investigating for centuries? Yes. Did you know about the Tibetan thing when you started? Not really. Cold? I I read, but with reading, right, it doesn't come to reality. Right. Real, yeah, you, right. you read. So uh, I read a lot of disciplines, etc. But it, actually, this what I've stumbled upon. It goes parallel. Uh, by thinking about the uh, uh, modern day problems, yeah, uh, why do a thing that doesn't make sense? Right. So, right. well, it makes sense. How to battle, say, depression, bipolar, anxiety? My wife died in '95 of uh, being schizophrenic, and the whole healthcare, mental healthcare, had no solution. They injected her and uh, put pills in her, and yeah. all kinds of things didn't help shit. And she jumped from eight story down. There I uh, had a broken heart and it made only sense for me to go and investigate and try to find something uh, which was not in the books. Out there in nature, I found uh, the stillness of my mind, of my emotions. And it was the cold water. So it was the cold water because you're not going to go picnic when you are in ice water. You are just not that. You are surviving. And surviving is the answer to things that go on neurologically, disorders of the mind, I say depression, uh, emotional uh, depressions, uh, uh, despair, anxiety, fear, trauma, all those things. Uh, they, uh, we are not able to steal it. Mm. And so the cold world brought my stillness. The, 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 it stopped it all. And uh, uh, to me, that was my therapy. So uh, after that, I began to talk about uh, uh, with that to people, and they nobody wants to go into the cold water, of course. Yeah. That, uh, uh, now I'm able to separate what I've learned that happens in the brain when you go into the uh, uh, cold water. Uh, I know now how to separate it, not using cold water, being able to tap into those survival mechanisms called the brainstem, the, the primitive brain, the crocodile brain, the, the, the reptilian mode. And we lost contact with that, connection with that, because of our, uh, 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 how do you say, uh, comfort zone behavior, mm. profane breathing. Mm. Then it doesn't work. The chemistry is not working anymore. Thus, the neurochanneling doesn't take place. And when we need it, to uh, equal the out-of-balance hormonal uh, uh, secretions of dopamine, serotonin. It's out-of-balance caused by inflammation, causing depression and anxiety and fear and all those things. Uh, uh, we are not able to out-balance it. And the out-balancing is being done by going consciously into the deepest part of the brain, the brainstem, the PAG, periaqueductal gray hemisphere, the place where all the euphoric hormones, the opioids and the cannabinoids are existent. Get high on your own supply, coming from Amsterdam once again, you know. With a, <laughs> uh, uh, but now it's not, uh, it's not marijuana, it's, it's yeah. your own supply, it's yeah. there. And it's only uh, addressing an innate capacity of our... Uh, we are born all with that capacity to uh, connect with that deepest part of the brain. Now, when we are able to connect with the deepest part of the brain, where else can we not go within our brain? They say 20% is working of our brain at our will. I say 100 percent mm. and mm. we just stumbled upon mm. together with these scientists yeah. like stanley he's a scientist now i found scientists who prepared an experiment 
where 74 people were subjected to cold water and all their skin temperature went down after being exposed to the cold water. They couldn't do anything with the mind making it stop. I was able to make it stop. Then they saw, uh, uh, looked inside of the brain, the brain scans, and besides of the joke, yes, they found the compelling evidence that I possess brain activity. That's a joke. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I, I, I like to, you know. Uh, 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 the thing is, they saw me go, uh, tapping into the depth of the uh, brain. You're talking uh, so fast. I'm five seconds behind you. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I go. You got to uh, slow uh, down when uh, you hey, get man, a joke. It is because I'm with uh, Chris Ryan and uh, really respect the man for what uh, he is no, doing. No, no, no. And, Come on. And I now got a chance just before my flight takes off to yeah. Vancouver uh, later this day. So I feel so, so lucky. I want to make my point. Yeah. And uh, it's all, you know, published now. Yeah. And uh, uh, I really am able to state that we found a way to get into the deepest of the brain and with that take the command back uh, uh, on over the power of our mind. Which is really, like you say, take back the command, take back control. You know, my whole perspective on that civilization is pathological. I feel like a lot, and you and I have talked about this before, but I feel like a lot of the research you're doing is getting back to a more natural human state. I feel like so much of what you're discovering has been lost. It's yes. not it's not totally new for our species. It's more like rediscovering where we came from exactly. in terms of our relation with our immune system, our relationship with temperature. You know, we look at these images of hunter-gatherers and we say, oh, they must have been freezing all the time. Not if they had control of their bodies, right? The way you exactly. do. You can adjust and you look at wild animals. You're talking about survival. Being in a state of survival gave you relaxation and then gave you a, a, a way to escape the trauma around your wife's death. Yes. But I think so many people are so many voices, so many anxieties because they're, they never enter that state of purity, of like, it's just me surviving. It's just me facing, will I eat today? Yes. Will I survive the night? Like yeah. that's, there's something relaxing in that. Exactly, yes. The innate capacity to get into the depth of the brain we have lo- uh, disconnected f- uh, from through the comfort zone behavior. Right. We think we can control nature, but yeah. we do not control ourselves. Right. And that is our brain. And our brain, literally, uh, the, the surface of the brain, the neocortex, the modern uh, thinking brain, takes 25% on a chronic basis more uh, blood flow than the rest of the brain. Logically, the rest of the brain is not developing. It's just surviving, mm. but it's on a standby. And if you go into deep, uh, if you go into deep meditation, you, it's simply bringing the blood flow from the surface to the depth oh, really? of the brain, yes. Ah. And then it begins to revive. Then you get this deep uh, relaxation, deep experiences. And when you are able to bring it even deeper, that is in the primitive brain, the brain stem, uh, the survival part, then you're able to withstand uh, without moving, just by thinking consciously to bring a, a deep peace within great stress Hmm. we lost this ability and now i say we got them back and uh, 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 we are showing this and we just published a neuro image and the scientists were really surprised because even seasoned practitioners in uh, meditation mindfulness a a very well thoroughly uh, researched uh, on could not uh, activate those areas I uh, activated. Mm -hmm. It's not because I'm special. I just went into the cold. And within the cold, I wanted to still my mind because of the emotions of my wife being lost and I had no money. I could not travel. I had to be there for four kids. Those were my triggers to be really there. And in all that anxiety, I found relief by going into the cold water, activating the, the purpose of life itself, survival, just being there. And so 
the cold water really uh, healed me, not only, and the children made me survive, like I had to be there. Cold water brought stillness within the mind, but also a, co a, a connection, neurological pathway connection between the uh, conscious brain, prefrontal cortex, together with the uh, deepest of the brain, the brain stem. And um, I showed it in the brain scan, cold water or stress coming on the body just by a thought making the body the hormonal system activate in order to uh, heat up the neurology of the networks and then actively make heat in the intercostal area and then they saw uh, in the brain that i had turned the table where normally uh, when stress is in the coming uh, to your awareness, you become very activated in the prefrontal cortex. That is normal. That is normal now. And the insula is when uh, activated or when deep meditation occurs. When um, a, my, a stress is coming to my body, I turn the table. Hmm. I make uh, the prefrontal cortex. Hey, stress is coming. No, it's no stress. It's deep relaxing. And with that comes the connection to the cannabinoids and the opioids. And I really literally or physically feel no pain, no cold. The body is taken over and the wisdom of the body goes millions of years back. And I'm able to activate it now. And I think this is a possible answer to tackle depression because that's cell biology going wrong. Bipolar, cell biology going wrong, trauma, fear, all cell biology that has gone wrong and wherein we have no, your subconscious knows that you have no control. That's why you have fear because you, uh, uh, you ha uh, these pathways are not there. Mm. So we bring in the pathways. So when stress comes in, it's a bad feeling. It's not nice. You are able to activate it. opioids right. and cannabinoids. You feel good while you're being depressed. Yeah. Then the depressing suddenly is uh, is going to break. When you said a cell biology gone wrong, I guess you're referring to chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation creating ultimately also a distress, right. mental disorders. Right, which seems to underlie a lot of the mental disorders. Are you? A couple of things came to mind here. You, you were talking about the extreme cold and the, the function of, of that. And, and the, you were talking about the survival instinct being the sort of cleansing feeling. Um, do you think that people who do extreme and like very risky sports... Are they looking for the same thing? People are climbing. Yeah, adrenaline. Mountains. They call it adrenaline. And adrenaline uh, junkies. Adrenaline yeah. resets the body. Really? And adrenaline uh, is, uh, 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 resets the body to its utmost uh, functionality. It's logical, uh, logic because huh. it wants to survive. Right. That, that's why we have adrenaline. And then you get into the adrenal, uh, adrenaline and you become addict like adrenaline junkies yeah. and, uh, and on, and you keep on going. But uh, the adrenal axis is only there to help you get out of uh, trouble. You know what? I never thought of this before, but I've, I don't do a lot of high-risk sports, but I went rock climbing once with the ropes and everything, and I was roped in, but hanging from that cliff 40 feet up and feeling my body weaken, I was so terrified because even though intellectually I knew I wouldn't die, my body didn't believe it. And after that experience, I felt great the rest of the day. Amazing. My mind was clear. My body felt healthy. I felt strong. I got you. The only other time I feel that is when I jump in a really cold river. Oh. And then I feel it the same way. I feel cleansed. I feel healthy. I feel vibrant. Amazing. Yeah. yeah it's the, uh, and it's the adrenaline, I guess. Right? Yeah, the yeah. adrenal axis activation huh. resets the body to its utmost functionality. means that deeper parts of the brain are looking at what you do. Even though you think, hey, there's nothing going on, you're still petrified yeah. and, and paralyzed. You cannot even move. Right. Because at the, at the deeper part of the brain, which is consciousness, uh, is at work now. Uh, here it comes. The, those are connected to the body with neurological networks. 
and we lost touch to get into those networks. They are called the unseen uh, perceptive uh, sensory uh, networks, neurological networks. The sixth sense, seventh sense, and the eighth sense. The sixth sense is, uh, is trust and confidence that you are able to enter into any part of your brain. It's called about telekinesis, uh, 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 telepathy, premonition, mm-hmm. uh, uh, something uh, that goes past time, space, perception of your logic brain. Yeah, <coughs> That's an absolute neurological pathway. It's like antennae, like a radio. Mm. We are like a radio. So... If that sixth sense is able to move throughout the brain, then it receives and sends the right uh, uh, brain waves, and uh, uh, and it picks up and it takes and it gives uh, up uh, the right uh, information. It's consciousness. It's it knows. It's uh, 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 what you just said was exemplifying the presence of a different perception, mm. which is there. It's uh, looking at it, but it's also primitive, and uh, it isn't logic. Mm. It's it here. But you're not gonna die. Still, it thinks it's got. It's the old brain, right? It's deeper parts of the right. brain. They suddenly come alive. Mm. And there you are. And uh, that's what we do with the people uh, 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 having them uh, sort of a bungee jump, uh, jumping mm-hmm. from uh, bridges. Right. And then uh, you, you see, the, oh, I'm going to do, we're going to do. And then when they are standing there, then the old brain is uh, is looking at the abyss. <laughs> it's going to die. It's going to petrify you. Yeah. It's yeah. going to paralyze. And now I, 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 then I tell them, now you take it easy. Take a couple of breaths. With that, you change the chemistry in the brain. And now you're able consciously to get in and to take over the control. And then I say, and now you jump. After three seconds, you make it up. It's your control now. Mm -hmm. Three, two. And they are fully charged and jumping, but they got it under control. With that, they create a new neurological pathway in an instant over there. It reawakens. So um, that is a pathway number six. Number seven is proprioception. And uh, it is related directly to the immune system. And we got uh, we showed within a quarter of an hour after 16,000 people being tested with the endotoxin uh, experiment, mm-hmm. uh, E. coli bacteria injected, all of them uh, became sick. And then suddenly 12 people I trained in four days, they were able to uh, inoculate the reaction of the E. coli injected within a quarter of an hour. Was this in Utrecht? Uh, yes, there in the in the neighborhood over there, the, Nijmegen. Yeah, Nijmegen, Nijmegen uh, Rabat right. University. Right, and that was the, for the first time in medical history shown that the autonomic nervous system can be deeply influenced, and with that, the immune system. Network number seven, proprioception. Network number eight is the new one. Uh, 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 the, uh, the, that is the interoception, and for that you need an interoceptive focus. And we uh, the, uh, thought it, within science it's not possible to have a control over the interoception, which is the cardiopulmonary area, gastrointestinal area, and the bladder. Those, uh, 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 when something happens, it goes to your brain and you do something about it, but you can't make it command from your brain uh, top down. You cannot do that. And that's exactly what I showed, that I have control over the interoceptive focus, the interoception, and make cold water on the skin, for example, just by a thought, top down, inoculate. When you are able to do that, that means you uh, go uh, into the deeper part of the brain, uh, from the conscious brain, the surface of the brain, the modern brain, and then you ignite, activate the opioids, the cannabinoids, the old brain, the survival, and take away the pain, take away the stress, and make it euphoric. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need now as an answer to the uh, opioids epidemic and uh, the epidemic, uh, uh, the depression, anxiety, fear, trauma, and all those things. We are able to down-regulate it. They say we found to compelling evidence of the autonomic 
of the key components of the autonomic processes in the brain related to mood regulation. This will change mental health care. Have you worked directly with um, vets, veterans with PTSD? Yes, that way, uh, I got a lot of instructors, and uh, a lot of them are uh, ex-Marines, ex-SEALs, yeah. and uh, suffering from uh, right. PTSD. Because this applies so directly yes. to the, we're talking Absolutely. about the addiction to and adrenaline. And they have great success. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How simple it is to reawaken your own innate power to deal uh, with the impact coming uh, upon you. We, because we were disconnected from these deeper parts of the brain and controlling them, and then get into these bloody situations where these military people get into with bombs exploding near their ears and uh, crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, people dismembered uh, of their limbs and this, and children getting killed and all that. What do you think? We are humans, man. And uh, uh, then... Uh, not being able to deal with that is not taking care of the veterans who have been serving uh, uh, yeah. such a purpose. What? Yeah. What? How inhumane is that? And now we found ways to get into the deepest of the brain, which is able to downregulate whatever is wrong in the brain caused uh, by uh, external situations like war uh, situations. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yeah, it's super applicable. Have you ever been hypnotized? Uh, yes, I think uh, some guys try to hypnotize me, but it nah, doesn't work. It didn't work. No. Cause I think I got some control over the uh, uh, subconscious. I'm into the subconscious because it relates right. to the autonomous uh, nervous system. Right. And I'm able to have some control over there. Well, yeah. if you resist it. But I mean, if you no, didn't. No, open to it. The reason I ask is Stanley Krippner, our, our mutual friend, um, he made a really interesting point uh, at some point where he's, he was talking about how um, the placebo effect was very important for shamanic people because they didn't have access to medicine and you know surgery and things. So placebo is something that would be harnessed by shamans to, to help people survive. And so it would have um, um, a survival benefit. And a lot of what you're talking about, this integrating the brain stem and, and accessing the deeper parts of the brain, these are things that also happen in a hypnotic state. And it seems to be genetically controlled. People are more or less um, able to be hypnotized based on their parents their and their grandparents it seems to run in families so you clearly have the capacity to access these different levels i think so um but you do it yourself you you haven't had someone else lead you guide you into it you've done it through your own stuff yeah uh, well here's one thing i've always wanted yeah. to ask you about that's related to all this and it may seem inappropriate and you know we don't have to talk about it if you no, don't I like it um so much of what you do is very similar in ways to like tantric sexual practices control like when you're talking about controlling your body i think about controlling erections i think about how that's a a sort of automatic system yes. that happens that you can learn as a man to control and you know uh, move around with it uh, yes yeah you you it's nicely like, move around with it <laughs> <laughs> move around longer hopefully you know and and control ejaculation for example you know like a lot of people see that as something that just oh it just happens that body just does what it does but if you if you integrate your brain into that, you can transform your sexuality as a man. Yeah, not only. Uh, they saw biochemical professors told me because we did these studies with blood uh, samples showing uh, the genome expressions, mm. transcription factors, uh, regulate uh, genome expression. And one uh, genome expression is uh, responsible for uh, virility. Mm. And uh, through these practices we do, you raise, uh, really uh, spike up the virility genome. So no problems of uh, uh, therein. Uh, you don't need to ha hypnotize. You yeah. just get it and downregulate uh, the in the DNA, the right. genome uh, responsible for virility, and that is nice. It's nice. It's a 
It, it made me having a, a child last year. So <laughs> I, I have no problem, guys. <laughs> Thing is, and I love it. 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 That's it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, anything uh, that like, uh, especially also for the genitals, is, it's blood driven. Yeah. And if you go into the cold, it becomes very small, but then <laughs> it, what becomes very small also becomes very flexibly very big. Yeah. Like heart, because the vascular system is, is really on. It's yeah. at your service. If you train your vascular system, millions of little muscles, uh, uh, not only your uh, heart rate goes down because it is being helped, the blood flow, logically, it's a muscle uh, um, by uh, multiplied by millions. It gets better into the cells. It, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you get more energy because the mitochondria right. are, are much more better served and your heart rate goes down so a lot of less stress and your capability performance just uh, goes up now uh, an erection is blood so uh, what goes in comes out right i tell you have you ever tried good. have you ever tried to like immerse yourself in cold water and not have shrinkage have you ever, like, uh, oh, I can have experiment? a hard on while, while being in ice water. Can you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, man, I take it cool. I take it cool. Yeah. That's funny. It's man. funny, I'm but it shows that. if we are able to do those things, yeah. then uh, we are uh, seriously showing that we have a, can have a hold on this big problem right. of the, uh, uh, the the biggest killer in in society is cardiovascular related diseases related it kills more than any war mm. so we are innately capacitated to have a control over our vascular system only when we expose ourselves to the natural elements the way nature built us to be after millions of years and only the last couple of hundred year, of years we got in so fast in a destimulative behavior that the vascular system is no longer there yeah uh, uh, really optimized because we're not using it a and it's yeah. it has become the biggest killer yeah of ours so hmm. what do we want do we want to tackle the biggest killer yes or no the answer is there a cold shower a day keeps the doctor away right right a week ago casilda and i were up in the sierra mountains just north of here camping and there's a river comes down from glaciers so cold and cassie said i'm jumping in i'll show you a video when we finish and she said this is for you wim <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it yeah, i love it yeah. oh it's so good yeah and it, it's true it feels fantastic uh what was i gonna say i there was something i, I lost it the the shrinkage yeah, I mean, I'm going to go down in history as the guy who asked Wim Hof about uh, shrinkage in the ice bath. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you about yeah. cryogenic chambers. Yes. I, um, I did one. I've done it twice now. And my feeling, and I'm no expert, but my feeling it was it didn't activate the same response as cold water. Yeah. I'm sorry to uh, confirm uh, I think the cryo chambers are really not happy chambers or mm. lapho, lapho chambers. They are cry oh chambers. Cryo chambers. You know, yeah. it's, it, it, I mean, it's pathetic. Yeah. Uh, just go out in cold, natural bodies of cold water. I'm so glad you're saying and, this, and, man. And you get this much better reaction and much more natural. And it doesn't I mean, cost $60 I, for I never minutes. saw a polar bear going into a cryo chamber. Yeah. They go into natural, uh, 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 you know, uh, environments. And it's all there. Yeah. Uh, we got it all here. Yeah. The, even in California, the ocean is cold in the winter. Yeah, you get all the thermogenesis, the the training, the vascular fitness. I call it vascular fitness nowadays. Mm -hmm. All these millions of muscles, mm -hmm. little muscles, primitive vascular muscles, are like being that. exercised. Right. We do fitness everywhere. We show up with our big muscles, etc. But inside, we are deteriorating, and we don't know. Right. I'm, I, you know, I was afraid to, to ask you about that because I imagine you uh, get a lot of offers if you would put your name on cryogenics oh, yeah, yeah. and you get a lot of money and 
No, no, I will not pollute my name with wrong uh, you, information, man. giving people a false information. My, uh, my, my message, mission is to go through signs and leave no room for speculation. Mm. Good for you. Good for you. I, yeah, I felt like my skin got cold, but my core wasn't affected. Amazing. And that's good. You know, and uh, that is the survival mechanism related to the brainstem. Yeah. Uh, right on in action. Yeah. But when I jump in a river or in your ice barrel in Holland, uh, that's a whole different thing. I feel that right into my spine. You know, that's my whole body is resetting. It's, it's yes. much different. And you're right. It's free. There, there's no this. We do this all the time. We like take something free and find a way to sell it as a product that's inferior to the free thing. Yes. Bottled water. Well, how about if we just don't fuck up the river in the first place? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, uh, we have to learn uh, a reset the whole schooling ed education uh, educative uh, system <clears throat> in school in primary school. We have not to forget and to bring it to our neurological consciousness and development of our neurology that happiness, strength, and health are the main core values and core subjects to learn and never lose track of. Because mm. we mm. disconnect slowly but surely through our destimulative behavior and uh, getting some nonsense in inside of our uh, brains and learning the wrong things. Well, uh, happiness, strength, and health were unconditionally there from the beginning uh, of our birth. And we have to get, uh, bring that. And uh, children know exactly what to do. They are very, like, natural in intelligent. And they would not lose if we are not just hammering every day mathematics and this and that. And you have to become a lawyer. And you have to do this. And you got to go back to your room. And uh, no, play mm. outside in mm. the mud. And when you go outside, don't put the jacket on. And uh, you get a cold. Put the jacket off. Otherwise, you become uh, 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 really vulnerable yeah. uh, to disease because right. you're not stimulating your body. So we got to change the schooling system. And we are the new man to stand up and to take away the nonsense to sense, to make it common sense. How do you, you're one of the most positive people I know. Mm. How, and you have a baby. You just had a oh, one yeah, year beautiful old baby. baby, yes. How do you stay positive given what's happening in the world? The insects are disappearing. The, you know, you read, I'm sure you've heard about this report that just came out a week ago. The climate change is... Yes. Like, how do One you... One and a half degrees and all that. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, we are nature. Humans are nature. Uh, maybe very confused at this moment. But solutions will come and people will be fed up. If people really lost their hopes, which is not going to be the case, then uh, we would really go down with the ship, with the broken ship. But uh, the ship will turn. It mm. will turn. And I know it. And I bring uh, things evidence-based no speculation that we are in control of our beautiful mind instead of completely out of our control, being in despair and having no control. Everybody wants to be happy. Nobody knows how. I bring the tools and that's it. That's it. We don't need six cars to become more happy than uh, five cars. We need this unconditional love coming back to ourselves and the control of our mind uh, the way we were born with. We should educate the new generations that love uh, uh, composed by happiness, strength and health are unconditionally there and keep track with that. And that means getting control over our own brain and mind, over our bodies and brain, uh, uh, is uh, directly in contact, in harmony with the nature outside, because we are one. The shit of the trees is our oxygen. Our shit is their uh, food. Yeah. So we are one. Yeah. Uh, if we want it, yes or no. And there's all this nonsense uh, uh, industry and money making and power business and all this uh, politics and bollocks and all that needs to go. It's obsolete. It's out and over. They had that time. It's done. It's time to stand up like man and uh, stop the nonsense. That's what we do. 
Wim Hof. I, I think I'm going to end it right there. That was such a beautiful statement. I don't want to clutter it up by talking more. Right on. Yeah. All right. Cool. We're going to get you to the airport, brother. Right on. Thanks. He said, baby, what's a big deal? Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. You're going to die one day. For example, I could kiss you. Just because I want to What's the difference if you turn away I'm gonna die one day Why do you waste your time Thinking about your reputation Trying to meet an expectation Wondering what they're gonna say When everyone you've ever known Is headed for a headstone Doesn't ask for much A little music and a soft touch Why don't you let it out to play Your heart is in a birdcage Singing in your chest You wanna shut it up but give it a rest You're gonna die one day Why do we waste our time Thinking about a reputation go down we'll go singing to the smoke alarms we'll dance into the ground